So today, and I thank you for, I'm sure all of you would have something to say, but we just don't have the time for it. <laughs> so, uh, but those of you who are listening and watching, you can send it in. Send in your praise report. That would be fine. You can send in your prayer requests. Uh, you can also send them to Winber Assembly Box 361. So send in your prayer requests and we'll pray for you or pray for that need. Amen. Well, this morning we are looking at the 10 most searched for Bible verses in 2022. Yes, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> the 10 most uh, searched for Bible verses. Now, um, this is not compiled by David McGee's uh, <laughs> systematic evaluation of all of the Bible influences I got. I received this or got this from another online form. But most of what is, uh, what is presented here is partly, mostly mine. So uh, if you don't like it, that part is for what I got from somebody else and all the good parts came from me. Amen, it's hard to be humble. <laughs> Just kidding. You know, um, we are humbled by God's grace and mercy. You know, we have no reason to be prideful. We have, um, you know, I often, I often joke in the sense of taking things to an extreme, you know, like, in the sense that, well, we should always be humble. So what do I do? I, I joke about being prideful. You know, whenever we are, um, there's a problem, we, you know, I, I have a way sometimes of making light of it and, you know, helping people to laugh a little. And sometimes I put both feet in my mouth instead of laughing. So, but the idea is being able to see things and understand that God is always with us. And that what is God's perspective what does God see in our life and in the events that are brought into our life intentionally by God or unintentionally by other people? So how then do we deal with all of these? And so one of the ideas, and I've been handing out scriptures now, three weeks now I've handed out pages of scriptures, and, and I want us to look at them, and some of them may repeat, but I want us to look at them, look over them, and you know, familiarize ourselves with these scriptures because they speak to us of God's promises, of God's desires, of things that God has done for others. And if God, can, if God has done it once, he can do it again. So um, I look at these verses, and I think that people look for scriptures that bring hope or healing or promise or of God's presence with them. So what do people look for when they're looking in the Bible? So uh, a few of the texts have come from some of the most popular verses year after year. And as we look at the scripture, if it is important that it is important that we do not take the verse out of context, that we need to understand that the verse is written within verses preceding, the verse itself and the verses after. We always use the scripture to interpret scripture. If there is a verse that somebody has pulled out of context it, and it doesn't fit any other thing in the Bible, then what they are using it for to bring about their particular insight, it's wrong. Because the scripture over and over again identifies God and identifies what he is wanting to do in, in, in our life and through, the, and through his word. Some peop sometimes people mistakenly think of a verse 
as something that is magical, that if you say it correctly, if you repeat it often enough, that, and, and all you need then is a wand from Harry Potter, and you've got it. No, that's a lie. <laughs> the, the scriptures are not magical. They are not formulas. They are intended to touch our hearts, and our hearts are related uh, in our heart relationship with God, and God imparts his word to give us his strength and his help, his healing, his restoration. And it's not magic. It's the person and presence of God. And that's one of the things that we look at uh, as we begin our, our service. We, we begin with worship. You know, worship is so important to our life that whether it's in songs, psalms, uh, uh, hymns, spiritual songs, whatever it is that we, we present ourselves and even listening to um, music or, or Christian music and listening to the, 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 the themes and the singers and, and all those. And, and what does it do? It's, it's something that is stirring our faith and helping us have insight into what God is doing. So we take what God has given us, and sometimes when I was reading this and reading other things, it says they were, they were very, um, uh, they were down on people having coffee mugs with scriptures. They were, uh, they were down on, you know, Bible verses for the day. You know, it's almost like these shouldn't happen in your life. They're, they're using the word incorrectly, and I think, no. It's good to have the word brought before us every day. And if sitting down and drinking the coffee and saying, I, and God, I'm the Lord thy God, I'm with you wherever you go, that's a good thing to remember because that's, that's a phrase, that's a statement that God is letting you know he's there even if it is on your coffee mug. So remembering that God is with us and that if God in the past has performed the miracle, if God can do it once, he can do it again. And he will do it in our lives. So, we are doing it in reverse order. Number 10. <laughs> Number 10. In the most sought after verses in the, in the scripture. Uh, seek ye first, Matthew 6, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you, or will be given to you as well. So the context of this verse is Jesus and his Sermon on the Mount. And the immediate context is about seeking the kingdom of God, seeking the kingdom of heaven. I always think of it in the context of a pyramid. Not a pyramid scheme, <laughs> but a pyramid. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. At the top of our life is the kingdom of God. We are to desire we are to we are to desire to be part of the kingdom. We want God's kingdom to be established in our hearts. We want God's kingdom to be foremost in our life. And so if God's kingdom is foremost in our life, then he says all these things shall be added unto you. All the other things that we need in our life, pray for about our life, they fit in a descending order, just like a pyramid from top to bottom. And so if we seek the kingdom of God, we're asking for God's blessing, healing, restoration, whatever it is that needs to be done, we are first seeking the kingdom of God because we want, we're asking that this prayer request further the kingdom of God. So if we are asking for the needs of our life to further the kingdom of God, we see that it has a destiny, it has a, a direction, it has a purpose. 
So our hope, our confident knowledge is that one day we'll be in heaven and we will be with God. And so that's our hope. But seeking the kingdom of God is not just waiting for eternity. Seeking the kingdom of God is here and now. Because our life is about serving him. In Colossians 3.1, it says, I don't have that in the handout, so if you're looking for it and can't find it, it's not there. <laughs> Colossians 3.1 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. So we are seeking the things above. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Paul is telling the Colossians, Seek those with things which are above. So, in Christ, we have our spiritual values. In Christ, we are spiritually alive. You know, sometimes people want to witness to those who don't know Christ. And we start talking about the resurrection. We start talking about Christ coming back. We start talking about the scriptures and the church and all that. They don't know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus... All these things don't make any sense. Why should you go to church? Well, we go and worship God, but they don't believe in Jesus. So the first thing we do is to meet Jesus Christ, and that's one of the scriptures here later on, um, the number one. I won't go there. But the, uh, we have this spiritual truth that God is with us. So the spiritual truth is, it's like the word. It's the promises of God that they, they, they comes into our life. That's the truth. We believe it and receive it as divine truth. Spiritual realities, like prayer, answer to prayer. Spiritual blessing, God's divine provision. The will of God, this is what I must do in following Christ. So we find that in knowing Christ, it opens to us a whole realm of spiritual truths that anchor our life here and now and for eternity. <laughs> so, number nine. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Well, I think this very much is part of the first one that we just went through, seeking the kingdom of God first. And so, but the context here, the book of Romans is a letter written to the Roman church, and it is very much, it's a very infant church, and um, there is a combination of Jews and Gentiles that make up this church, and Rome as a city is very lost, <laughs> full of deities, you know, gods and things that people worship. And so whenever he is talking here to the, to the church, he says, Don't, do not conform to the patterns of this world. So Jews and Gentiles, you know, seemingly opposite extremes, have come in faith to believe in Jesus. Now their belief in Jesus is to be the foundation of their life, and Paul tells them, do not conform to the ways of the world. Conform refers to assuming an outward expression that does not reflect what is really inside. So don't conform to the ways of the Romans when it really isn't the truth about who you are on the inside. So we find in our life that 
there, are, there is a pattern for us to follow Christ. Now, <laughs> we don't want to be so heavenly-minded, we're no earthly good, <laughs> uh, but we don't want to be so earthly-minded that people can't tell us that we're different because of Christ in our life. So there's, there's a, a place that we have in serving God that there are perimeters to the way the things we say and the th- places we go and the things we do. There are perimeters because we are reflecting who Jesus Christ is. So the pattern of this world refers to the inclinations of humanity, of a humanistic worldview, which means they have no idea uh, about Jesus. <laughs> their thoughts and their lives are turned inward. They're self-centered. And we find that we are transformed by the word of God. And ultimately, when people are turned inward and self-centered, they are breaking the, the commandment that Jesus gave to love your neighbor as yourself. So it doesn't go any further than loving self. Number eight, Ezekiel. Now, the, the one that they had uh, patterned or said was number eight, I didn't like it. <laughs> so I changed it. I figure if people are going to look at Ezekiel, they're going to look for dry bones. So Ezekiel 37, 1-5. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out of the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. And caused me to pass by them round about, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said to me, and God is saying this to Ezekiel, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O God, O Lord God, thou knowest. That's a good answer, isn't it? (laughs) Do you believe this could happen? Well, I'm not going to say yes, and I'm not going to say no. Only you know, Lord. So it's kind of like Ezekiel is, is hedging his bets here. As, I don't know. Do, are, are, can they live? Only you know, Lord. I like that. I like Isaiah, Ezekiel, these, these prophets, and, you know, they're, they're, it's like they're being human. And, um, you know, I come, you know, well, we'll go on. Uh, o Lord, thou knowest, verse 4. And again he said unto me, prophesy unto these bones. Now he has a direct command. Prophesy to these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. Now, this is a chapter on the dry bones. But this is a, this is a it's not so much that all these dead bones are going to become skeletons, and the skeletons are going to have 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 a muscles structure and be put back together what he's saying is the the nation of israel is dead the nation of israel is dried up they are lifeless they are scattered and they are bleached like bones so the nation (laughs) that is so dead can be brought back to life only by God. And God is using the illustration with Ezekiel that he is to make a promise to the children of Israel that God hasn't forgotten them. And that they as a nation, God hasn't left them out. 
So prophesy to these bones, God tells Ezekiel. Proclaim God's pledge that God promises to reassemble the Israelites, bring the Israelites back from being scattered around the world and bring them back to be a nation. And so the challenge here is, Ezekiel, do you believe it can happen? So in our life, it's, it's sometimes we are challenged by circumstances and situations. Do you believe that things like this can happen? Well, for us, all we need to do is look over to Israel and find that there's a nation there. Ezekiel's prophecy was not only for the time period in which he was preaching and speaking, but it was also for this time period and the nation of Israel is still there. Number seven, Proverbs. See, we have to look at these scriptures and texts and remember that they, are, they were written sometimes for other people, for Israel, for the time period in which they were uh, um, you know, written and, and things. Proverbs were, were generally short statements because people couldn't read, so they were short statements that people could remember. You know? Now lay me down to sleep. How many know that one? <laughs> Why? It's just a short statement. Now, um, I, always, I always never understood that, one, that little prayer. I pray, not only I'm down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep, take, <laughs> keep. If I should die <laughs> before I wake, I'm not going to sleep. <laughs> what a thing to tell a kid. <laughs> you, know, you, you, know, my, you may die before you wake up. <laughs> So you better be good next time. <laughs> oh, well. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understandings. In all your ways, submit to him. Acknowledge him. And he will make your path straight. He shall direct your path. So we must trust in the Lord and not our own understanding. Now, that doesn't mean we should be stupid. <laughs> okay, Foolish. Um, we, we need to think, we need to learn, we need to study, uh, we need to apply ourselves. It, it doesn't just happen. You know, we, ha- we, need to, we need to pursue knowledge. We need to pursue the things that are right. It does not mean um, <laughs> that we don't learn. But some discern that uh, this verse is telling them that they don't really need to do anything because God's going to teach them how to do everything. Well, the spiritual truths that exceed our understanding are like feeding the 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes. So that is exceeding our understanding. There is no way in in heaven and earth that a boy's lunch can feed 5,000 men plus women and children. Well, you see... Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean to your own understanding. Sometimes God wants us to take the five loaves and two fish and feed the 5,000. That doesn't, that's, you know, in our understanding, we would never, oh, we can't do that. But you see, our understanding sometimes is our limitation. And God is trying to look beyond our limitation and get us to move in his spirit and in his will to do that which we couldn't do on our own. So we find that 
we acknowledge God. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. Everything we do, we need to pray. Little, big, acknowledging God is saying, yeah, oh God, you know, I, hey, God, you got my back? <laughs> no. God, I'm presenting this before you. Direct my path, what I should do, how, what I should say, what is your purpose? So acknowledging God is praying. That with every step you take, what is it that God wants from all of this? Number six. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid? Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This is Joshua. Now, Moses, the greatest leader of the children of Israel that had ever lived, um, and Joshua is going to take his place. And why would God tell Joshua, be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Why would he tell him this? Because he is scared to death. <laughs> this task is so much greater than he ever imagined. He's always been like second in command or third with Moses or fourth. He's always been there with Moses. But now to be the sole leader, he's like, I've been here before. Forty years ago I was here. And these people wouldn't go. They wouldn't follow me in. Are they going to follow me now? So God is telling Joshua, the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I am going with you. So that's one of those verses that whenever we find ourselves afraid or discouraged or I don't see how this can work, this is a verse that says, I've got a call on your life. Now, go and do what I've asked you to do. Number five. Do not fear, Isaiah 41.10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Well, this is very similar to Joshua, right? <clears throat> yes, but Joshua was dealing with him as a person. Here, uh, Isaiah is speaking to the nation of Israel. He's speaking to them as a group. Now, the difference between the Old Testament and New Testament. In the Old Testament... God dealt with the nation of Israel corporately as a nation. In the New Testament, he deals with individuals who are part of the body of Christ. So these promises that went out corporately to the whole nation of Israel is, are now brought into the realities of our individual relationship with God. So do not be afraid. So what God has said to the nation of Israel, he can say to us as a body of Christ. Don't be afraid. That we as individuals see, now lean not to your own understanding because we've got, we've, got some, uh, we've got some thoughts here about how this should go. It's important to know that although God chose Israel to represent him to the world, they failed. God punished them, sent them into uh, Babylon for their punishment and their worshiping of idols and abandoning their relationship with God. They are the children of promise, children of Abraham. God chose Israel from, through, from and through Abraham because he wanted to, not because the people deserved it. God chose them because he needed 
someone that he could use and, and bless the world through. It wasn't that they didn't need, they, they, you know, we all need him. And so and the challenge is for us to know that God has chosen to bless us. Why? Because we're his children. In Isaiah's text, this was the time of hope, but also a time of uncertainty. Israel had needed to remind themselves that God would now help them. Everything that they had was destroyed. They went to Babylon for their captivity, their 70 years, and now they're filtering their way back to Israel, and there's nothing. And so the prophet is saying, do not fear, I'm with you. Do not be dismayed because you're coming back to your homeland and there's nothing. Because I'm your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Number four. And we know that in all things, Romans 8, 28. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So we find that God works in all things. Not all things are from God. So you see, difficulties come. Sometimes difficulties, God permits things. God brings things. It doesn't matter who, who is the author of them. The devil did it. Doesn't matter. My friend did it. <laughs> I did it. Doesn't matter. How are you going to respond to it? God is greater than the enemy. God is greater than the devil. He's greater than your friend. He's even greater than your, our foolishness. <laughs> so he is greater than all these things. And in all these things, we, we have to understand that God is at work to bring about his kingdom. And we are part of his kingdom. And so therefore, is being part of the kingdom of God, God has a plan for your life. That's why he tells us, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. You're part of my plan. And how you live your life reflects how I am involved with you and in the world around you. I've called you for a purpose and a place and a time. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I am with you wherever you go. You see, nothing is impossible to those who believe because we understand that we're part of a divine purpose. <laughs> All things, God works for the good. So when we are faced with difficulties and things that we don't like, pray that God would give us insight as to which way we should go. Because not everything is going to present itself. It's like, this is the, this is the devil himself, and I can't go any further. That's a lie. Why? Because God has promised that he is at work in all things. The devil himself thought he was destroying Jesus by having him crucified. He didn't know that was all part of the plan. In our life, the devil doesn't know. He's just guessing. God doesn't tell him. God fights him. And so with the fight of faith is that God is at work in our life. Number three, Philippians 4.13. Well, if all things work together for good, then I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I got my eye can. <laughs> Jeannie McGawkey, if you're listening out there somewhere, she made this eye can for me. And whenever we started the church, 
in Catanning. It didn't have any people. We started and Jeannie was part of our, our congregation. That was one of my, my favorite verses. I can do all things, so she may be and I can. So put yourself and I can together. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's, it's not like, you know, I can be a brain surgeon. I don't even need to go to medical school. I can spend the night in Holiday Inn. <laughs> That's an advertisement, you know, okay, just in case. You, well, but the idea is not everybody's going to be a brain surgeon, and God isn't saying that he wants you to be. If you're not inclined to be a surgeon, then don't be. <laughs> God hasn't called you to be one, then don't be one. But the idea is like the, the armchair quarterbacks. I could have scored a touchdown. Well, he never played the game. You know, it's... it's I can means that God, so what does God want in your heart? What is your heart saying and leading you towards? Don't be afraid. Joshua, going into the promised land, he needed this verse. I can do all things through Christ. He needed the faith and the understanding that God had put him in this place and he was going to be able to do it. And, num oh, number two. I thought it was number one. Wow. Number two, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You know, again, we like to send that verse out. We like for people to, you know, have a, have a sense of where they are going with their life. But God does have a plan. God does have a purpose. It is God telling us that even though for, for, it is God telling Israel, even though they have 70 years of hardship, God is telling them he has a plan for them. They rebelled against his plan, but God did not leave or abandon them. And they had to go into 70 years of hardship because of their lack of faith and belief in God. And their hardship would bring them back to their faith. And so, in their hardship, the prophet Jeremiah is telling them, God has a plan for the hardship because after it's over, he's going to bring you back. And what's he going to do? He's going to give you hope and a future. And the number one verse, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, his one and only Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Everything must begin with God. Everything. Because when Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus, Nicodemus says, what must I do? And, and Jesus says to him, you must believe. You must believe. You must accept who I am. And find that accepting who Jesus is isn't something that we make up. It's something that God reveals through his scripture, through his word. He is the Lamb of God that is the sacrifice for the sins of the world. And he did this not to condemn the world. See, it's so important. In John 3, 17, he came not into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. So often people think God has come to condemn the world and send them to hell. No, he came to save the world and bring them, lead them to heaven. There is no condemnation 
to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk after the flesh, but walk after the Spirit. So God is guiding us in our life, and that God is not guilting you into doing your life. God is leading you into living your life. And he has promised to be the provision, the provider for us. I can do these things. There is, I am more than a conqueror. That do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. I have a plan for you. <laughs> I have a plan for you. We find that these scriptures kind of come together and create a scenario that speaks to having faith in what God has promised us. And in those promises, we find a foundation that is built in Jesus Christ upon which to live our lives. Amen? Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that you have seen fit to reveal yourself through, the, through your scriptures, through your word. And you reveal it to our hearts and our minds. Guard our hearts and minds. Help us to follow you with all of our heart. Seek after you. And Lord, protect our hearts from being hurt. Protect our hearts from the arrows of the evil one. God, let us not be discouraged. Let us not find fault. But God, let us find faith and hope in our love for you and your love for us. We pray in, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Amen.